I mean, obviously a great product, a great software is one thing, but the people that power it are, um, are everything. What's up, Zach Oates here, author, entrepreneur, and customer relationship guru. Welcome to Give an Ovation, growth strategies for restaurants and retailers, where we find industry leaders to share their secrets to grow your business. This podcast is sponsored by Ovation, the actionable guest feedback tool that works on or off premise and is easy, real time, and actually drives revenue. Learn more at OvationUp.com. Welcome to another edition of Give and Ovation. I am joined today by Preston Younger, who is the VP of Sales and Head of U.S. Operations for Seven Shifts and mentor for numerous programs like Techstars First Round Capital, as well as the co-founder of Mile Square Labs, a consulting uh, group for high growth tech companies. His background includes VP at Yelp, as well as great tenures at Yahoo, Expedia, and Apple. And uh, so excited, Preston, to have you on Give and Ovation today. Thanks for having me, Zach. Excited to be here. So first of all, let's talk a little bit about Seven Shifts. Obviously, pretty much everybody knows what Seven Shifts does. But, uh, and also you guys were really helpful in the Kelly McPherson ebook that was put out this summer um, or last summer, Table for 10. And just a great way that a lot of us came together to kind of put some content and some help together. So appreciate all of the work that you guys did at Seven Shifts on that ebook. But talk to us a little bit about Seven Shifts for maybe the few people who don't know. Yeah, for sure. Well, for, first of all, we um, we love Kelly and team. Uh, we've been fortunate to be able to work closely with her and her team. And, and obviously that collaboration is one piece of it. Um, but specifically working with her um, with some of the, their locations and trying to help you know, see or explore how seven shifts can be part of a solution for them in terms of operationally for the restaurants has been really exciting. So, you know, that I think in a nutshell also kind of highlights uh, what we do in terms of seven shifts, right? We're, we're focused on solving uh, really arguably one of the biggest pain points for restaurant operators and owners, which is the sort of labor management um, scheduling challenge, right? That has been in existence since the existence of restaurants. Um, yeah. <laughs> and we focus squarely on restaurants. Uh, we are 100% focused on restaurants. And so, you know, we are, uh, you know, dedicated to the great product. And we say it's great because of the fact that our customers tell us um, how important it is to them. And that's, that's really what speaks, you know, sort of for itself uh, in terms of, you know, our, uh, basically, it's, it's a really great, simple, product um, that is effective and integrates into the other technologies that they choose to utilize to run their restaurants. Um, so being part of the open ecosystem, having a, a bunch of really, really great partners that we have kind of between point of sale, payroll, and kind of everything in between um, has helped us kind of become sort of the, you know, uh, nucleus of, you know, operationally how you're kind of looking at your uh, back of house and managing your back of house and more specifically like your uh labor and staff and sort of, um, you know, adjusting based on kind of demands and sort of ebbs and flows of the business. So yeah, it's been really exciting. And for me in particular, um, you know, as you mentioned and appreciate the intro, you know, working for a number of different companies in, in some, uh, a lot of them in the hospitality space or restaurant space and small business space and um, a few uh, more broad, but largely, you know, I really liked what I saw in Seven Shifts um, when I was working with them uh, as part of my consulting company, much to the point of where I was fortunate to be able to discuss with Jordan and team an opportunity to be able to, to come on full-time uh, at the end of 2019. Uh, and I'm, I highlight this because, you know, largely for me with consulting and working with a number of companies, 
you know, being able to see a company that I spot and say, this is a winner. Um, and I feel like if I get involved, I can help, um, I can contribute and I can help and make a difference. Right. That's really what I saw in seven shifts, addressing some of those challenges and pain points that I mentioned, uh, that our product, uh, is addressing. And so I, you know, came on full, uh, full time, uh, as head of us operations, uh, as really the first us hire to help sort of operationalize boots on the ground, people in the U.S. here in the New York market, uh, primarily building alliances with our partners, our partner reps, um, working with our customers, existing customers to just help facilitate their feedback on how things are working for our success teams or for our product teams to help inform on potential product um, adaptations or updates. And then obviously the pandemic hitting last year and yeah, right? all of us focused on <laughs> restaurants and restaurants specifically not knowing uh, what was going to happen and thinking the worst. And we were in the same boat. Uh, we were thinking we could lose virtually all of our customers. Um, restaurant, restaurants responsibly had to cut costs across the board to try to stay afloat. And what happens is, um, you know, sort of ancillary costs or things that they can get out of um, having to be, uh, have on their sort of the P&L, they were cutting those costs. And so we were, really concerned initially. But again, I think going back to it being a really great product is that we found our customers really, we pulled close closer to our customers through the pandemic. They realized how valuable Seven Shifts is, uh, specifically even when they were out of, uh, sort of had to sort of furlough their employees or weren't really in operation, utilizing our communication tool uh, or feature within Seven Shifts had uh, really spiked up. So relying upon the ability to communicate within this uh, software, this piece of uh, their business that they had utilized primarily for scheduling, now we're using it as a dedicated communication channel to update their employees on what was going on real time, um, you know, things around openings, closings, government relief, et cetera. So um, going through that experience and realizing, wow, we didn't lose all of our customers. In fact, we were able to get even closer to those restaurants that are our customers help them um, yeah. you know, like you said, t table for 10, you know, being involved in things like that, other collaborative efforts, other ways that we could go and sort of be a part of helping everyone, um, continue to live and evolve through the pandemic is something that we really, um, I think because of the great, you know, from, from Jordan down leadership team down to everyone at the company, we all were on the same page around that was our approach. That's what we were going to do through the pandemic. And I think that speaks volumes to the culture as well, right? I mean, obviously a great product, a great software is one thing, but the people that power it are, um, are everything. Yeah. I mean, it's just like a restaurant, you know, you could have a good, you could have a really good pizza, but if you don't have a good ambiance, a good service, if you don't, if your customers don't feel like you care about them, then they ain't coming back, right? hundred percent. I'll take pizza that's half a star less for a place where I feel at home as opposed to, as opposed to pizza, that's a little bit better, but you know, I, I feel like they don't even care about me. And I Absolutely. feel like, you know, obviously Dick's last stand uh, aside with uh, that's kind of like their shtick. Um, but I feel like that's so, it, it's so interesting because yeah, like one of our values here at Ovation is to build value for our customers, for each other and for the industry. And 2020 was a test of that, right? Are we actually going to build value for the industry if they're not going to be paying us? And yeah, I think that coming together with groups like you um, really helped inspire us and helped us to really solidify what that means to, to build value. 
But the last thing that you said is it's really about the people. This is something that it's interesting because while seven shifts is, you know, uh, obviously very much about people, um, you came in, like you said, end of 2019, but you've already had a long tenure of working and inspiring and managing people. And you've, you've had a lot of uh, people centric content and thought leadership out there prior to uh, seven shifts. And so one of the mottos I see that you have is to, to go up and never stop. And how, do you, how does that apply to people? How do you help your people to level up, to actually care, quite frankly? Yeah, that's a great question. I think that's, and that's one of the things that I've, you know, I found that is a commitment I have to my, my career, it, regardless of um, how many places I've worked at or how many things I've been a part of or how many people I've been fortunate to work alongside. I think the, that the, for a leader to commit to understanding what makes uh, their people tick, what are their um, aspirations, what are their goals or ambitions that they want to accomplish both within your company professionally um, or personally. And, and the alignment between those and, and understanding the whole person is really important. Um, it starts there. So, so I think one, if you're all at the same company, the, you know, the idea or concept should be you're all in alignment with what you're building and what you're growing. Um, if you're at a high growth stage company and, you know, that alignment is a good starting point, but it's not the only starting point, right? That's not the only thing that you can align on. You need to align on and understand, uh, well, you know, what does um, an individual want to accomplish within their career or path within seven shifts? What are some areas they may want to pursue? Uh, what are some things that are natural, um, maybe strengths that they may have that they aren't necessarily able to utilize in the current role that they're in? And I think that's part of the dynamic nature of a growth stage company, which I've been fortunate to either work at a number of or uh, work closely with founders of, um, is the ability to move quickly and adapt and, you know, while, while continuing to maintain a, an awareness of your yourself as a leader, but also your people um, and how things can change, interests can change, um, uh, you know, uh, the the notion of what it means to grow and what you want to accomplish um, can certainly evolve and change. And so I think that's really, that's, if I, if I could hit on one thing, that's really, you know, being mindful of that. And I think that comes from, again, a culture that has to breed that, has to live by that and has to really care about the individuals. Obviously there's a function, there's a role from a business perspective. If you're talking just dollars and cents, then everyone aligns to some aspect of growing revenue. Um, mm -hmm. You can't have a business without generating revenue and sales. Um, you know, it's not a business uh, if, if you're not focused on growing that and, and sort of retaining that. And so that's the business view of it. But within that is, you know, what do people feel in terms of motivation? What do people feel in terms of accomplishment? And how are they feeling in terms of growth? And are they feeling stagnant? Um, are they able to grow with the company? Um, for what period of time? These are all things that I think people aren't sitting around thinking about them every day. But I think good companies with good culture have that built into the way in which they interact with people at all levels, right? Um, that's just kind of generally how I think about things. And so one of the great things I found is, you know, it's easier for me maybe to spot if I'm talking to a company, um, especially like with respect to my consulting time, um, talking to a company or founders and asking some questions around the people, around the culture, around the product, and 
to not to, to hear things that they're not focused on because they're so focused on engineering or building the product or you know throwing bodies at growing revenue in line with what the board or investors may want them to mm -hmm. um they're missing the boat and so it becomes easier um for maybe me with that that understanding and that approach to how i think about you know the importance of your people culture combined with a really great product um to basically you know not in so many words write off that company to say you know that's not a place that i would ever want to work at um yeah you know? well, and, and what's so fascinating too is because one of the things that I'm I'm realizing is you know being being CEO of this growing startup, it's like there are roles, there are jobs to be done, but then there are skills that people have, and I feel like when when we get too rigid with what a role is. Like I remember when I was at working at Friendlies, right, and I uh, wanted to, I was a soda jerk, and. I wanted to learn how to, you know, work the register so I could, you know, work more with customers as opposed to just like being in the back, like making milkshakes and stuff. Yeah. And that was like, I had to really push just to learn how to use the, the register and like take orders from customers. And it was like, well, but I, I want to work with people. Like, don't you want someone who loves working with people, working with people? Like right. you, you talk about the dynamic roles that people have in work. And I think that we need to be flexible and understand that, uh, sure. So no one is going to fit a hundred percent of a job description with a hundred percent of their skill sets. You know, there's stuff that they're, they may be leaving on the table, um, that you're not taking advantage of. And I love that concept of finding that. What do you do though, in, in the case of, you know, a lot of the listeners here who restaurant owners, operators, when it's part-time, or if it's like a stopover role, right? There's, I, I saw a sign uh, in a, a McDonald's in um, outside of Las Vegas, and it said, stop here on your way to there, work at McDonald's, right? Yeah. So how do you still encourage people when it's kind of like you both know that it's really not their thing, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, I think that's where there has to be the mutual alignment. Um, look, you know, I... I once did before uh, getting into working with tech companies, you know, work for a grocery store, worked for, you know, sandwich shop. I grew up in Vermont and so worked in a bunch of places. I worked scrubbing dishes at a barbecue place. And, and I think, you know, the, the interesting thing there is, you know, the, the culture matters. Um, I mean, it, it's not, it's no different. The culture matters. And even if it's a matter of, you know, you know, people are not going there for a forever career. I think being real around as an owner or operator, that being the case is really important, right? The, again, I, I will go back to the awareness, right? The awareness of, well, what is the business that you're operating? Um, what are the people that are there, you know, most interested in? What do they want to learn from their time there? And what can you offer them in, in, in regard to that time that they're there um, to make it, you know, a, you know, a 10 uh, in terms of experience for them, right? And I think that's because that's that, that the focus on, people becomes so has become so commoditized. And um, I think that's, that's an example of, and I, and I saw a lot of this at my time at Yelp. I think we were often getting requests for how can you help us with finding good people? That was, was never what Yelp did uh, and never mm. still isn't what Yelp does, but because it was such a big pain point, And I think people just uh, owners and operators just have a diff maybe differing views on it. Um, it may be less around finding good people. It may be more around just understanding more about your business, what you can offer. Like what, what can you 
extend to people that want to work at your business? What is it? Why do people work there in the first place? Um, are they, you know, loyal customers that have turned into wanting to have that, whether you, like you mentioned, a stopover job or um, pick up another, uh, you know, hourly paid role uh, and they love the love your business and so they want to work there. It, whatever it is, I think understanding that as an owner operator is really important, critical. And I don't know that as much time and attention is being placed on that because you're so busy doing so many things. Yeah, that yeah, thinking exactly. about right, like thinking about culture and people is one of the not because it, you don't view their, your people as important, but it's just not. It doesn't drive um, people in the door to spend money, and it's hard to see the correlation between the in the two. short so run, I think, right? In the short run, in the short run. But I think, I think there's been an evolution, certainly since when I started at Yelp in 2008, there's been an evolution of more of an emphasis placed on that, um, you know, taking care of your people, giving them a good culture at your restaurant, um, at your small business, and, and making sure that they, they feel like they are getting, you know, if you're talking in reviews, like they're getting a five-star experience, right? Because yeah. if you're giving as an employee uh, or operator of a restaurant, you're um, employer as an, or as an operator of a restaurant, if you're giving your employees a um, five-star experience, then the likelihood is then they're going to be giving that to your customers. You just, then you just have to serve a really great product um, to them uh, to be able to facilitate that experience with those customers that they're carrying on that five-star experience to. That's the, that's the way. And of course, that's very simplified. I know there's a lot that's within that to address and, and kind of um, get in line. And, and, and then there is a challenge, obviously, of, of finding people and then to turn over and then how does sort of the, the onboarding and training and retaining engagement of those people um, play into that culture. And that's one of the things actually we're going kind of beyond scheduling in terms of seven shifts to get into helping address more of that, uh, which I'm really excited about, um, you know, which is that, you know, you have people, you know, that there's a, you know, there's a ticking uh, sort of clock of time that they will be working at your business. Mm -hmm. um, it likely will not be forever. And, you know, if you have the right systems and sort of technology in place to be able to have a great experience from hiring to onboarding, to training, scheduling, retaining, engaging. So understanding, like, again, that goes back to what I said, the understanding of what makes people tick, what are people interested in? What are they good at? Um, you know, the engagement piece is really important um, because then you can understand again, what, what's, you know, how do my people operate? Uh, what are the things that my certain, like certain employees are good at, uh, others are great at, um, in between and sort of how can you address that with specific roles or adjustments to, you know, how you align your people. Um, there's a lot of work to be done there, but I think we're making, we're seeing some really good steps in the right direction, I think for, for restaurants and for sort of, um, you know, hourly sort of more short-term employees. Yeah. And, and that, you know, especially for someone who's, who owns a restaurant, right. Or maybe you just bought a restaurant. Well, at the end of the day, yes. Like, you could come in there with a strategy and the saying goes that culture eats strategy for breakfast. But the thing that I think is a really important caveat is that leadership trumps all. Yeah. And so if you, for example, I know someone who, who bought a, uh, bought a burger joint, very bad culture there. They had bad reviews, you know, bad service. So he went in there, interviewed everyone, got rid of the bad apples um, and bumped up everyone's pay. And said, I'm going to pay you more because I'm going to expect more from you. This is what I need from you. This is what you're going to get from me. Yeah. And, 
you know, sales, sales shot up like 25% in a matter of six months. And so I think that it's really important to remember that you're not a victim of culture and culture, but culture is something that will just happen even if you don't do it. Yep. Right. So either you could be proactive about it or you can let culture happen, but either way you are in control of the culture of your brand and your restaurant. I think that's, that's a, uh, you know, really important to remember because oftentimes we can kind of feel victim of the culture. Right. Um, now Preston, what would be, I, I wish we had more time, man. I feel like we've only taken a sip of this ocean <laughs> of experience that you have. Uh, but what would be your last piece of advice to restaurant owners, operators? Yeah, I think that um, my piece of advice would be uh, the advice that I actually, I'm fortunate to be able to give a lot of direct advice to restaurant owners and operators, not just at Seven Shifts. Obviously, we interface and, and talk with a lot of our customers as well as, you know, prospective customers. But um, even through some of the work that I've done, I've been fortunate to be able to co-found the Hoboken Hospitality Alliance, which is a nonprofit uh, focused on restaurant operators, uh, owners, and tech providers to hospitality in the kind of Hoboken, Jersey City area. And do you know, know Andrew Martino, the, by the way? Yeah, I know Andrew. Yeah, oh, Andrew's great. Man. Yeah. Isn't he yeah. awesome? Yeah. Turns out I went awesome. to high school with him. He's a customer. Oh, no way. Really cool guy. <laughs> just had him on the podcast. So anyway. Yeah, just, we, did a, we, did a, we did a Hoboken Hospitality Alliance webinar with him. Um, obviously, you know, the work he's been doing for years uh, yeah. became really important and really interesting to a lot more people this past year. Um, so we were, we, were, we were excited to be able to connect him with, with uh, a number of folks to be able to learn from his experience. But uh, yeah, but like, that's an example, you know, being able to, to help be a conduit or, you know, you know, connection or connecting the dots for, you know, operators and owners um, that my advice would be, you know, I think find those uh, people that you can trust to help you think through your technology uh, utilization and, and, or, you know, or lack thereof is one of the pieces of advice that I would, suggest it's really really important it's now arguably more important than it's ever been before and you know obviously i'm i'm sitting at seven shifts which is a technology a software provider to restaurants but but even outside of that um i just i just think that technology can help solve so many things we've seen it firsthand um, different innovative ways to look at how to run a restaurant um, those opportunities to leverage the right solutions for you and for your restaurant are out there uh, I know they are. Unfortunately, there's a lot of other things you kind of have to sift through that may not be a great fit or maybe distractions, but I think it's worth the time to explore. I think it's worth the time to find the right mix of what works within your uh, your restaurant operation. And I, I think I put an emphasis on operations to truly become, you know, sort of operational and focused, operationally focused and sort of efficient. That is one of the main reasons why it's important to look at your technology um, and make sure that you're utilizing it effectively and that all of those pieces connect because there's a lot of options out there a lot of them are disparate or standalone or claim to do everything the reality is no one does everything um as we you and i both know um so you have to find the best pieces that fit together and i think that i would offer myself and anybody obviously in my network to any restaurant operator or owner that's listening to this to help not with the intention of trying to sell seven shifts, but to help. If you have questions, I think that's one of the big things is having more leaders be available. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to join the podcast is really to be able to offer and extend help and assistance. We do that just innately for seven shifts. We do a lot of that through our content. Um, a lot of our partners do that as well. And I think that's, that's something that restaurant owners um, should lean on as much as they can. 
So yep. that's, Amen. that's kind of my piece piece of advice. And as I mentioned, um, you know, in any event that I can, or seven shifts or any, anyone in my network can be helpful to any of your listeners, um, that offer stands. Awesome. Well, here are my five takeaways. One, help others collaborate and see that in action in table for 10. We'll post a link in this, uh, below Two, be in a, get your team in alignment with what you're doing, what your goals are, what the end result is going to be three, be more open to dynamic roles where you really know what does an individual want? What do they feel and how do they best, uh, how can you best leverage it? Cause if they're happier, you're happier, your customers are going to be happier. Uh, four culture matters. Don't, don't let it happen to you. Take control of that. And then lastly, be opportunistic and explore technology that can help your restaurant operations. And, uh, I put in another plug. If Preston said, reach out to him, man, what, what an awesome opportunity <laughs> now, don't, don't flood his inbox, but yeah. Uh, so Preston, how do people find you, follow you? Yeah. Um, I'm on LinkedIn, Twitter, pretty active in both of those. Um, so look me up. Um, pretty easy to find. And you can also uh, email me as well. If you want to, um, yeah, Zach, if you want to drop any of my information um, along with this, I'll make sure you have all that. Um, but should be easy to should be easy to track me down. Okay, awesome. Well, Preston, for helping, helping us feel younger, uh, really appreciate <laughs> all that you do for the industry, the mentorship, the give back. For that, today's ovation goes to you. Thanks for joining us today, Preston. Thanks a lot, Zach. Appreciate it. Glad you're with us today and thank you. Thank you to the risk takers, the troublemakers, the crazies who are keeping this world clothed and fed. You're the ones who deserve an ovation. Again, this podcast was sponsored by Ovation. To see how we can help you grow your business, go to OvationUp.com. Don't forget to subscribe. And as always, remember to give someone in your life an ovation today.